This episode is brought to you by NordVPN. Listen up, nerds. No. Good evening, Mr. and Mrs. America, from border to border and coast to coast and all the ships at sea. What? Hello, friends. Do you have a computer? Of course you do, because it's not 1987. Hell, you're listening to this on some kind of computer right now. But do you have a VPN? Oh, what's a VPN, you ask? Well, my friend, a VPN is a virtual private network and it offers two key benefits. Enhanced privacy and security online. But VPNs do a lot more than that. VPNs shield your IP address, change your browsing location, and make online life easier. It's all about safety and security, my friends. But, like everything else in life, it's also about watching TV. Don't let your paid subscriptions go to waste. I use NordVPN to access my home content while I'm traveling. Wink, wink. Plus, secure your connection on public Wi-Fi in airports, hotels, cafes, anywhere you go when you're traveling. There's over 6,300 servers in 111 countries, and you can find a nearby server for the best VPN speeds. NordVPN is easy to use. Connect with one click or enable auto-connect for zero-click protection. And it's got amazing speed. NordVPN is one of the fastest VPNs out there. And with just one NordVPN account, you can use it on six devices. It supports every major platform, Windows, Android, iOS, Mac OS, Linux, even Android TV. I think those are all real. Don't miss out on all the awesome benefits for using a VPN. Go to nordvpn.com slash ifanboy today for a risk-free 30-day money-back guarantee. The link's in the show notes. Once again, that's nordvpn.com slash ifanboy. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Um, you ever feel like you really need to get something off your chest? This is this this is a, like a real thing. Like, if you're mad, if you're upset, if uh, if there's something going on, like the I, there's there's often for me an idea. Maybe it's a wrong. Maybe it's a moment. It's it's an injustice. It's something that because you keep going on and on over and over in your mind about it, and like that can create anger and resentment or shame, whatever it is. And very often. I have found, I am not a therapist, I have found that when you let it out, when you give it voice, when you say it out loud, um, sometimes it makes you feel better because you've, you've expressed it. And sometimes it makes you realize like, oh, this is not a big deal, but I've, it's been stuck in my head. So you give voice to those things um, and it can make you feel a lot better. And shock of all shocks, therapy is one of those things that can help you do that. It can help you be able to say those things in a place where you don't need to worry about the repercussions of it, work your way through it, uh, figure out coping skills, how to get around it, you know, find, find ways to deal with that stuff instead of letting it fester. Um, if you are thinking of starting therapy, uh, if anything I said sounds familiar, you're like, oh, maybe my life would be a little better if I could deal with that kind of thing. You should give BetterHelp a try. It's fully online. It is convenient, flexible. It is suited to your schedule. That's the idea. That's what they're going for. Um, you can fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. That's a big deal. You can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. That that personal connection, I believe, to be super important. Again, I'm not a professional. Uh, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash iFanboy today. You get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash iFanboy. You're listening to the iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast, episode number 60, sponsored by YouBuyNow.com. <laughs> oh no, get him a doctor! Hey, and welcome to the iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast, episode number 60. My name is Ron, and I'm here with Connor. Hiya. And Josh. Hello. 
And we're coming to you from iFanboy.com, your number one spot to talk about comic books <laughs> on the web. <laughs> and why is it your number one spot? Because we love comic books. Every week, a whole bunch of comics come out, and we go to the comic book store. We skip down to the comic book store with our money in our hand, and we buy a stack of comics. And each week, we take turns picking um, our favorite comic that came out that week, and one of us has the thankless task of writing a review for you all. And then the three of us get together and talk about it here on this here podcast. But before we get started, um, we're aware that there might be new listeners. Warning, listening, warning, warning, warning. So this is your first time um, traveling down the iFanboy Highway. We just want to remind you that, or let you know that there are, um, we might spoil a couple of things. We're going to talk about the comics, we're going to talk about what happened in the comics, and we might give away an ending. In fact, I know we're going to give away an ending. Um, at least one ending. So uh, if you haven't read your books yet, do that, and then come back to the podcast. Connor, he's um, punchy. Yes. Ah. So uh, this week, Connor um, had the uh, had the honor of picking his last pick of 2006. Yes, and a more appropriate book you could not find to make the last pick of 2006. That book would be The Escapist number six. It was apropos. Of six. Apropos. Apropos. I can't say that. Great word. Um, This was the book that came out of nowhere six months ago. It didn't. I didn't. I don't know about you guys, but I didn't know. You know, it was coming. Uh, I had seen a solicitation for it, but I dismissed it because apparently the last time it did an escapist comic, it was god-awful. And the the only reason I saw it, uh, bought it, was because I saw Brian K. Vaughn was doing it, and I figured I'd give it a shot. And thank God I did. And it was a buck, but that didn't didn't really play into it um, too much. But uh, this was was really the um, sleeper... The sleeper book of the year. I mean, if you really want to talk about the definition of a sleeper book, this would be it. And uh, it is really just one big old love letter to comic books, to art, to friendship, to the city of Cleveland, to everything Brian K. Vaughn seems to hold dear, um, just poured out into the pages of these comic books. Everything? And everything. <laughs> Even you, Ron. Oh, That means you. that Brian K. Vaughn holds Ron dear. <laughs> Uh, this 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 is this is this is fantastic. This book is the culmination of the story of three comic book creators and their adventures in creating escapist comic books, which is um, some would say too self-referential, but it really he really pulls off the um, art of making a comic without it being seen too navel gazing, which it, happens a lot. It's one of those things that I think we first talked about a lot when we when it first started. Like when you do something that's about what you're doing, does that make sense? It's sure. really easy yep. for it to be crappy. If you yep. were to write rock songs about making rock songs, you'd be like, shut up. And and I and I think that he goes into it knowing that a little bit. And therefore it's kinda it's it's not crappy. It's for some amazing reason. So. It's the opposite of crappy. Yes. Uh last See, I, I, I'll say this. I was going into my stack of books worried because I was very much looking forward to this issue. I told um Ron, as I was going home with my comics, that I, I thought this had a good chance of being the pick of the week, but I was, you know, he didn't want me to jinx it, but I was a little worried. Because the last issue ended with um, Denny, one of the, the letterer on the comic book, who, who was framed and thrown in jail by the corporation trying to steal the rights from the comic book, uh, the, the escapist back from these three kids, and he was being beaten half to death, and he was lying on the floor of the jail in a pool of blood, and and there's really one issue left, and there was that storyline, and there was the corporate storyline of the takeover, trying to get their rights, and there was the love story between the writer and the artist, and then there was um, 
just the idea of making a comic book, and I didn't really know how they were going to wrap it up with one issue, and that worried me, because really, um, I don't know why, I just, every issue that came out, I always had a worry. <laughs> well, you're a worrier. I'm a worrier, and I think, I think it also has to do with the connection to the characters, I didn't, I was really worried about how they would, where they would go, and what they would do, and how their lives would, would Did you go. not trust BKV? I... Apparently not. I was like you didn't. Well, I I gotta agree with you. Is that at the end of the last issue, I actually didn't even think I didn't I didn't actually make the thought that oh my god, there's one issue. How are they gonna wrap this up? But at the end of the last issue, I had this impending sense of doom. Like this is kind of an odd place to be right now. You know. And then it, and it didn't really go away. Oh, go ahead. No, it's also ahead, so right. common for something that's been really good for five out of six parts to take a shit at the end. Yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, yeah, like, totally. like oh please let us not have told everybody that this book is really good and then have it end as a shit. A lot of people have trouble ending the stories. Yes, yes. A lot of writers. Not, not necessarily Vaughn, but... Uh, Some writers. They're definitely writers who start well and end poorly, but... But Grant Morrison is not what we're talking about here. Oh. Like, <laughs> who? <laughs> who said that? What? Um, and th- I gotta say, the first the first eight or nine pages didn't didn't uh, allay my fears. Oh, it was a downright cop-out. I, th- I thought oh. it was going to be a cop-out. He um, No, it was a cop-out. It had all the earmarks of a cop-out. He friend. jumps ahead in time. Time we, shift? All of the storylines are wrapped up in between issues, and it's basically the main character and we explaining, get, we get explaining to, the, to, the, to the readers via talking to a gravestone what has happened in the last year. And I thought, wow, he just um, just sort of passed the buck. The buck. There's no, he didn't have to wrap anything up. See, uh, but then it all gelled in the middle, and it just it drove it home by the end. Well, I mean, the, the one thing is at the end of the last if the, the end of the last issue, basically, there's a lot of balls in the air, but it looked like they'd already lost. Like it looked like Denny had been beaten up badly, and they would need the mo- they would need the money, so they had to sell the comic book, and there was nothing we could do. And I think in a more typical story with a more pedestrian kind of writer, like they would have found some way to to buy it back and save him and not lose it, and then the end of the story would have been, you know, we've got it back, and now we're making comics. But that would have felt like the- bad. Like the underdog. Exactly. Kind of, you know, it would have like been every movie where the, oh. Keanu Reeves takes over a baseball team in the inner city. You keep bringing up the Keanu Reeves baseball movie, and I don't know what movie you're talking remember. about. I don't remember. But that's, that's, the, that's exactly the earmark of that type of film. But you know, it's, it's almost like uh, in, in Star Wars, if, if it was... It was <laughs> all over the place. Well, let's say, let's say, How let's, is this like Star Wars? I right, can't wait say, to hear this. Let's say if Star Wars was like a, like a six-issue comic book, all right? And at the okay. end of issue five, Darth Vader and, right. and Obi-Wan Kenobi meet, and they start their... Their fight, and the last panel is them crossing lightsabers. And then you mean the, issue four? No, that's issue. Let's say that's the end of issue five. But that's okay. a, that's an episode four. Shut though. up! Right. The beginning of well, issue. Wait, six, what if issues one, two, and three came out sixteen years after the, first, uh, <laughs> the last ones, and they just didn't make any sense at all? And there was too was, many pages. It was twenty-three actually. Or 22. Uh, so. The Fucking this story really starts fans. starts to gel when um wait go back to the Star no, no, Wars no, thing wait I'm, no no I'm, no okay I'll so it's the end that. of issue five and uh, the lightsaber is crossed no 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 I wanted nope. to sorry I we, we already all realized that this analogy doesn't hold up and we need to move on it would be more like at the end of Empire if then Jedi started and it was two years later and they're like well the war is over you know and we got narration so the the main thing about this story is. I think I think overall it's a treatise on art and what is art and what what is the purity of art and, and he seems to find the purity of art in comic books. Um, one of the characters, of the artist, apparently in the intervening time has moved on to work at a graphic design firm in New York, hoping to find her art there. But what we what we find is that the artists have made a lot of compromises. The people who work at that um, design firm are not 
are not as free with their art as, as, as she would like to be in her art. And that was a really powerful scene, where we see her and all the cubicles and all the people in the cubicles stuck in their little boxes. That one page is this one page where she's talking to, I guess, her boss or whoever, and she's the boss is kind of making fun of being a comic artist, and she's like, you know, you know, that's that's got to suck that you got to cram your art into a bunch of tiny little squares, and then the bottom half of the page is a top-down view of the office, and all the cubicles are tiny little squares, and I mean that that's I mean if there's if Ralston's selling pages to this book or whoever did the art, I, that this page is definitely a purchaser. I mean that's Ralston. like one you. Yeah, it rolls However, on the, um, on the other side of that, and this, maybe this is me being too positive, I tend to think, I don't know why, but I tend to think people don't talk about comic books like that anymore, but I, but I guess they probably do. Talk like about what? Like when, they're, when they, they're very dismissive of it. Like you'd think, oh, so. totally. I, I, oh, I know. To- yeah. yeah, totally. Oh my gosh, you're the people I work with. Yeah, I know. Oh, yeah. You're right. But um, but yeah, no. But it was really it was. I mean, it, it, this not and I and I like how not only you talk about how it's like the purity of art, but also like the purity of creating, of like creating your own thing, as opposed to creating something for somebody else. She was way cuter with the longer red hair than the short blue hair, by the way. Oh, I love the short blue hair. <laughs> what I wanted to know was how she how she got paler. It's just in comparison. To the, oh, she is. Well, no, in, in New York, no, in New York, she's like has has got like you know a glow to her. But in Cleveland, she's like she's well, like off. Well, she she came in from the, the real cold outside, and it's winter. Oh, good point. Good point. And the season had changed. In fact, also, it the glow. Had. Yeah, you're right. It has. They're they're wearing. Wind. Wow. The glow could be fluorescent lights. No, it's in it's in two different locations in the hotel and then in this house. She's still pasty. Yeah, but it's it's yeah. winter, so months have passed. She would have lost her. She had been out on Long Island <laughs> at the beach <laughs> on the weekends and had gotten tan. She had a friend at a time. This is like ridiculous. What we're talking about here. <laughs> anyway, yeah, I, I I wholeheartedly agree with you, Connor. This was the best book that came out this week, and and I can't think of a more fitting or appropriate uh, pick of the week, given the fact that probably in the first time in in a year doing the podcast and six years of doing the site and and six years of being friends <laughs> or ten years of being friends that we all agree on we agree that on how something? great on how great this book is. We all don't agree why though. But I but I think that's what's great. I mean that's almost that's even more fitting as well. Because yeah. we're individuals. Yes, we're all <laughs> individuals. <laughs> no, but we all fucking love this book and, yeah. and I would you know you know and, and do we all agree that this book should never be uh revisited? There should, it's over. There should be no more escapists. Yeah, close the door. No they, they well yeah, close the door on these characters. There could be yes. escapist comics, go right ahead, but like these characters and this concept, just let it be. It's a perfect little six issue thing. Let it be. And he clearly wrote it that way. Yeah. And you have enough you have enough going for you, Brian K. Vaughan. You don't need it. It's gonna be a fantastic trade paperback. He said yes. that he wasn't gonna do it, I think. He said it was over. Although recently I've heard yeah. rumors that he might I don't know. But Yeah, well Kevin Smith said that he was done with those movies. Well Kevin we'll talk about it in the year end. <laughs> yeah. But um but yeah, I mean never say never. But I but this is like the perfect like there's a couple of bands out there that played and then they broke up and they put out a small number of records and it was just perfect as it is and you just never want them to get back together. So like the really Smiths, you don't want them to get back together. No, God no. Really? Yeah, God no. That's very mature of you. Well, I'm, I I have a lot of respect for the the moment, you know, like the, the things served a moment a purpose yeah. in a time period and and let it be. You know, give it some respect. Okay, so. let's talk about the ultimate universe if we're if we're ready to move <laughs> let's on. Jump to the other side of things. <laughs> let's just Well, yeah, I I think I I think I kind of threw um I threw I threw you guys for a loop when we were planning the show this week, and I said, you know, I want to talk about Ultimate X Men number seventy-seven. Yes, 
Um, well, actually, when you said it, I figured it was to talk about how much you hated it. Right, which is which is up for seventy six issues now. I, not that I've, I have I haven't hated it. It just I feel as if it's been disappointing. I feel as if um, it's been rushed. There hasn't been the character development that I would like to have seen. Um, I don't really feel as if they they fleshed it out as much as they fleshed out the Ultimate Spider-Man universe kind of experience. I feel as if they're the rotating creators have kind of yeah. you know. Let it also, when you have 100 issues just to focus on Spider-Man as opposed to 77 issues to focus on an entire team of rotating characters, you're going to get right, a lot yeah, less like, not, But it's not even like a core team of five. It, it's like it's like it's hard to keep track of who's on the well, team. Well, you know, I think it's I think it's that's a good question. Is can can a book in the current climate survive uh, with slow characterization? Does everything have to happen quickly now? That's what I want. Slow characterization. I know, but can I like it survive? It slow that is my question. A slow hand. Well, yeah, that's no, what I don't know if it can survive. Yeah. Well, that's because it's just the one character. I mean, is is the kind of thing Ron wants for twenty years of a, of a slow X Men build? Yeah. That so kind of I, would, I, I, now. I, I wouldn't I call the would. early issues. I mean, forgive me if I'm wrong, but was it really? So, would you call that slow characterization? Well, it's. I mean, it was the sixties. I mean, but it, but it was the, it was the. I mean, the, the the core characters were for you know ten years plus. It was the five originals: Xavier and Havoc and Polaris. That well, I can it. think I mean, of a book now that has slow characterization that 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 Connor doesn't want anything to do with. That's next. Let's talk about this. <laughs> um, so, so up till now, I've been somewhat skeptical of Ultimate X Men, but I stuck with it because it has an X on it, and I'm contractually bound by anything with an X on it. Um, but it doesn't mean I have to like it. Um, but then, somewhere <laughs> along the middle of this issue, um, I kind of had a realization. Um, what happened? Just to give people the background, we're in the middle of a storyline where Cable comes from the future. And he's hell-bent on killing Professor Xavier because he blames him for what happens in whatever dystopian future that he comes from. And then Bishop follows Cable from the future, and he decides to help the X-Men to stop Cable. And Cable has kidnapped Jean Grey, so of course the whole team is up in arms because everybody loves Jean Grey. And, um, and so now this issue starts with Bishop briefing the X-Men and then saying, okay, I'll take you to Cable's hideout, we'll do a frontal assault on him, so we know we're going to have a big, awesome fight issue. Um, what we don't know is that Cable has a team called the Wild Packs with Domino and Kane and some other characters. Is that um, Forge? Forge isn't there, I think. No, it's not Forge, actually. Sure? It looks like Forge, but it's not Forge. Oh, get on with it. Anyway, so um, and I'm setting the stage. <laughs> and so um, it's so they, they, tra- they teleport to the secret headquarters in Finland, and before the fight could even start, whammo, full page, Rogue gets shot, and her arm gets blown off. Which like, is awesome. Arm blown off, like you can see the distance between the sh- the shoulder and the arm. Awesome. It was just, and it was an awesomely drawn page. I, I haven't been a big fan of, of Yannick Paquette, but this page, I was like, oh, that that is awesome. Um, I was shocked. I think yeah, it, it literally it took it, t- it took my breath away. I was like, what? I was like, you're kidding me. And now, the next panel, she's got no arm at all. And the third yeah, one, and she's it's bleeding. In a huge pool of blood. Yeah. So now, so now, of course, you know, predictably, Wolverine then you know touches her and gives her his healing power, and then she gets teleported back to the mansion. And, sh- and by the end of the issue, we see her arm growing back. I, know, I um, bet there was nobody out there who didn't go. I bet she touched Wolverine. This is the first. Honestly, thing I I, no, honestly, when her arm got shot off, I stopped because I didn't, and I saw Wolverine catches her, and I see, you know, you know, like, and, and uh, of course, now, looking back on it, it could be like, but I didn't really believe it, and they didn't have you believing that the healing factor was going to work. Like he yeah, because at first it wasn't, gonna, it wasn't working. Oh, really? Yeah. But he said it's not working, or not, it's not doing it in time, you know, like, or it's not healing fast enough in time, but, um, and it's not until the end of the book that we actually see her arm kind of finally growing back. Does she get, like, um, a little stub with fingers on it? No, it's like muscle you know, like the muscles, right. you know. But, it, le- um, it led to a very funny exchange, I thought, where they 
they teleported her back, and basically Iceman bursts through the teleport, throws throws her, and just runs back in, like with no explanation. Because they're in the middle of the it's fight. Like you're yeah, just, you're just, just sitting there, and then suddenly Iceman appears with Rogue and drops her, and takes off again. <laughs> I'd be confused. But um, but the moment that her arm blew off, I I, I something kind of dawned on me, and I flipped back a couple, a few pages to earlier in the story when they're doing the briefing back at the mansion. And I realized that, and there was like a little like narration thing to say where they were, and they were in the McCoy Memorial Hall in the in Xavier's mansion. And I was like, McCoy Memorial Hall. That made me think, and I forgot that Beast or Hank McCoy in the Ultimate Universe died like 50 issues ago. Yeah. And then I was like, shit, man, stuff happens in this book. Like stuff happens, you know. Like yes, it's based in the X Men, and yes, that it's like it's a different telling, and they have slightly variations, and they keep rolling out characters. But damn, they Beast hasn't come back. Rogue got her arm blown off. I'm impressed. And you know what? Because it was the Ultimate Universe, I thought they were going to leave her with no arm. Yeah, totally. Like, it was a possibility. Could. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Like Buster. So um, so yeah, I'm it's a, like Buster. So <laughs> so uh, Lucille, mother. Um, so. <laughs> So um, it took me seventy-seven issues, but I think I'm warming up to the Ultimate X-Men. <laughs> I'm sh- color, color me shocked. Yeah, till next shocked. month when something happens and they totally mischaracterize somebody. Quote end quote. <laughs> uh, would you want to briefly mention the other revelation at the end of this book? Because I'm I have a question about it. Oh yeah, I was I did, but the, unfortunately it ended on a sour note. Um, See, we didn't have to get the next week. At the, end, already at, upset. The, at the end of the book, because Jean Grey has been kidnapped by Cable, and so Cyclops is all, you know, he's up in arms because he wants to go save her, and blah, 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 he's worried about his girlfriend, and then him, and Xavier keeps yelling at him, saying, no, you can't go, your emotions will get in the way, blah, 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 and they get into a big argument, and finally Xavier's like, isn't it clear? I'm in love with Jean Grey! And then, like, Cyclops is shocked, and so they're gonna, now, Xavier's in love with Jean Grey? That's some old-school comic book soap opera stuff, though. It is, but but with Xavier being in love with her, it's a little creepy. Like normally, like I know, of course, everybody loves Jean Grey, but for years in the well, well, in, wait, wait, hold on. What? My question is why? Why does everyone like, love Jean well, Grey? I don't understand. Redhead, having read, Dude, read have being redheaded. <laughs> have you seen her? Besides being nineteen and redheaded in this book, redhead, green eyes, killer body, telekinetic, <laughs> tele telepathic, telepathic. Dude, she's yeah, hot. That's, not, that's a minus. Um, I know, yeah. <laughs> but, um, uh, dude, I, I think I'm in love with Jean Grey. There was I a know, time. Where, have no, <laughs> let's go back to the shower scene in Uncanny X-Men number 273. Oh, that's not <laughs> comfortable. Let's move along. <laughs> no, but, but the problem is, is that in the, in the 616 universe, it's always been Wolverine, Cyclops, I will Jean pay Grey, you $5 to never refer to it that In way. the 616 universe, it's always Wolverine, well. Cyclops, Jean Grey kind of love triangle. And... So. And which is fine, which they touched on a little in Ultimate and X Men, but they kind of abandoned it since then, um, because it's been done to death. Exactly, which is fair, which is fine. So I understand they're doing things differently, but Xavier—that's a little creepy, dude. You know what? Though? Well, he's he... supposed to be younger in the Ultimate Universe. He's not supposed to be old, and even though they don't draw creepy. him that way, that and they're telling different stories. So he's like, well, what's the thing that would creep right. people out? There you go. It's a little creepy, the paternal thing. It's a little weird. He's kind of like that's... father to them. Oh yeah, I've never met a girl with daddy issues. <laughs> No, not once. <laughs> I just, I was a little skeeved. That's all. Oh, so, whatever. That was gold. Genius. Justice League of America number four. Josh, take it away. I'm still the only person who likes this book. I liked it. I'm, I'm purely on the even-numbered issues of the series are great. It's like Star Trek. <laughs> yeah, it's like Star Trek. It's the Star Trek movies, exactly. I don't understand. <laughs> Um, the you know even what? number it, Star Trek movies. It's, it's one of these things uh, when I read DC hell. books. Is Undiscovered Country. 
What? When I read DC books, especially these big team DC books, they're sort of steeped mm-hmm. in DC lore. Teen? Team. Teen? Bees. <laughs> this is just us referring to things. That's always intelligent sounding. We quote Bees? stuff. Let's do a whole episode of Inside Jokes, and everyone will love that. <laughs> anyway, when I when I read uh, you know like books that are sort of steeped in DC lore and have a lot of characters in them, I tend to not know who anybody is the whole time or what anybody or what is happening. Which well, actually, the green guy is Green Lantern. <laughs> the guy and, in the blue uh, and the red cape—that's Superman. <laughs> but uh, you know, like it's actually one of those things that reminds me of when I first started reading comic books in a way. So I kind of enjoy it. Like when I had a big stack of old Avengers books and I didn't know who any of the people were or why they were. And that is fun, trying of, to learn that. Yeah, yeah, trying to go through it and learn why these things matter. And go. And I think that's one of the things I like about this book. I also – I just like the way that, that Meltzer writes. He, he really loves these characters for some reason. Um, I don't love the art, but I don't think it's horrible. But I think it's also fitting with this kind of book. Um, you know, and there, there are fun moments. There's going to be a big fight next time. I, I did have some questions. Well, well. Before we get to your questions, yeah. now, Connor, this should be this should be your X Men. This should be your book, man. What do you think? I I feel like every month I've got to figure out why I don't like this book because I don't like I don't dislike it. Uh, it's like me not liking pasta. I can't figure it out. Every month I have come up with a different different reason, and then I decide that may not be the reason. This month I think the reason is um, I feel too detached from the story, mostly because. Meltzer likes to write in a lot of inner monologue captions, and I feel like that's keeping me at a distance from the characters. Um, I feel like I don't really know what's even going on. It it is I I do I do hear the distant aspect. I do feel as if I'm not in it. I'm kind of watching. You know what I mean? Like I think that that has a lot to do with his background as a novelist. Yeah, that's, that's definitely a possibility. But yeah. it's like I don't I don't even I don't know, I don't feel connected to the story. I don't know why. Right. I think some of it has to do with the art, which I don't really like. Could it be because you fear change? Who, me? Yeah. I don't know. I just feel I feel it's a little posed, the art. And uh, I don't know. I can't figure it out. I mean, I just, I, I, every, every month I've got to... Do you spend a lot of time you. thinking about this? <laughs> no, I don't, really. To be honest with you. I keep um, forgetting this book exists. I, I liked it. I mean, I didn't hate it. I didn't love it, but I liked it. Like I said, the even F- issues were better. Um... My only thing, my, my thing is just you know, and surprise, surprise, I get a consistency mm-hmm. kind of thing, and I, I felt I had a big problem with the whole Arsenal Red Arrow naming thing. <laughs> yeah, I, just, that was one of my questions. Yeah, well, well, what is your question? Why was well, Green Lantern calling him Red Arrow? Yeah, I mean, basically, it looks. I'm I'm looking through this again. It looks as if like he he accidentally called him Red Arrow, and now that's going to be his name. I think Hal has Alzheimer's. Well, if anybody should. <laughs> I mean, because like he's in the, he's calling him Arsenal in the beginning, and by the end, he slips, but he's like he calls he's like him, R- Arsenal, like yeah. And then at one point he's like Arrow here, quick. And that, you know, and then, that, you know, like okay, if it had ever been his name in the past, right. this makes sense. Right? Shouldn't he, be, shouldn't, he, shouldn't he be slipping and calling him Speedy, or, not Arrow? Yeah, and there, there's Green Arrow, or there's one Ollie? there's one speech bubble where he's like where he they see the Starro thing. He's like Starro, and then it's like Red Arrow, like yeah. he like kind of pauses, and he's like he's got a Starro, and, and, and Arsenal's like, like Red Arrow, Red Arrow, like. Dude, are you drunk? Like, like, Maybe he is. I, this you know is what? I can, I, can, awesome. I can almost see him calling him Arrow. Because yeah. you know, that, that makes sense, call it short for Green Arrow. That, but the red comes out of nowhere. It's like me accidentally calling one of you guys Bob. I mean, there's no precedent for that. It's too bad, because right. Arsenal's a good Instead name. Although I don't know if it fits with the character. Yeah. You know, I like the red arrow aspect. I like no, the, I I like I like the red the, arrow. I, just I like the like tie the... to Kingdom Come, and I like the... Mm-hmm. 
the aspect yeah. of close to Green Arrow. I like the I just character. Don't like, I just don't like how it's happened. Yeah, that's all. well, you know. I just don't like this book. So what were, what were, your, other, what were your other questions? Okay, uh, one thing real quick in the beginning. There's this bird lady, not Hawk Girl, but the other bird lady who's in Nixon. it for one oh, page. Oh, yeah, she's awful. Why is she in this for one page? She's in one page, yeah. She's flying! Like, like <laughs> there's clearly enough characters. He actually know. wrote, he actually scripted a narration box that went, Gah! Because <laughs> she's, she's flying with birds. Because I guess she takes the powers of animals that are near her. She's yeah, like animal like animals. Man. Is that hers? That's Animal Man's power. She, this is her like... powers as well. What's and, the um... point of this character? There's already enough stuff. <laughs> <laughs> are you flapping wings over there? No, but he wrote that. Brad Meltzer, prize-winning author, writes. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe the letterer just took it upon himself. Oh, speaking of the lettering. Huh. Okay, I like I do like how the different boxes, the narration oh. boxes, change color for the different characters. Mm-hmm. But Black Lightning, uh, yellow text on that dark blue box, you you can't read it. That's purple. Purple, whatever it is. I don't know. It's like some indigo. Right, we can't thing. talk whatever about whatever it is. It's not readable. Right. right? No, I mean it should. The letter should be bold. Okay. And yeah, that's... Who is the letter on this? Because I'm going to write a letter <laughs> to the letter. <laughs> You get, comment, get you get comments back on the font. This I'm is... gonna write a letter to the letterer. Yeah. It was um, Rob Lee. Just Rob Lee. I've got your number. All right. Or your letter. <laughs> um, okay. Finally, then, then like the big reveal in this, and I'm I'm gonna spoil this in case you haven't been watching. The reveal is that Solomon Grundy, who as I'm I'm as I understood it was sort of like a big functionally retarded immortal <laughs> thing, who at the end of this looks like Mr. Fixit for some reason. Now, now, why is he smart? No one knows. I, I don't know. Okay. I think I that's going to be revealed. That didn't happen somewhere else in DC. As far as I know, okay. but it may have. And then, like, for Stay a little tuned. while, it looked like they were going to turn Red Tornado into a Mazo. Right. But that's not really the case. Well, it kind of is. Well, a Mazo is like, like the... There's a Marvel equivalent of a Mazo, isn't there? Yeah, the uh, Super Adaptoid. That's the one. So he he takes everybody's power and is super awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And unbeatable. But um, I think I th- I think I think we just we don't know what ha- it's, this is yeah. issue four. Well, I mean that's happens. one of the things like I'm I'm reserving judgment. I want to read the whole thing, but I like it. I mean I I have fun reading it. I look forward to it. It feels like a big superhero comic book and kind of like watching watching a I don't want to see a big see, action movie. But what's strange is I feel the exact opposite. I feel like it's too small. Maybe you maybe you've grown beyond the Justice League, Connor. Oh God. I just feel like I feel like it's maybe you should the goon. What? I feel like it's disconnected. I feel like it's too small. Mm-hmm. Wow. The story's not big you enough. You know, Thomas Wolf once said you can never go home again. Thomas Wolf wore white suits. Either way, though, like, if you think about it this way, they're <laughs> going to tell this one story, right? And when it's done, probably 12 issues or something. And he's gone. Be the, right. There'll be this big team that they can go do something with. And where there yeah, was it's going to have Vixen Red Tornado on it. Hey, I got an idea. Why don't you pull down your trade of Grant Morrison's first arc and just read that? I don't have one. They're on oh, storage. Really? I got them here if you need to come over. <laughs> this, who, you know, who cares if Red Tornado's on the team? You've always got to have a guy like Triathlon around. I, I love Red Tornado, by the way. The Red Tornado stuff is awesome. Yeah, I don't mind that at all. Anyway. I'm human. That's where we so, are. Okay, I feel always quite split on that. Yeah. So, um, so was I the only person who got the DC holiday special? No, I got it. You got it too? Yeah. Josh did. Sounds that. thrilled. I don't buy holiday so, specials. So, it was... He's it, the Grinch. It, it wasn't way better than the Marvel one. I think they, I, bo- I think both companies come out pretty even on this um, this year. Um, I feel as if it's not what I heard about the Marvel one. 
the Marvel one was, was wasn't that great, but it wasn't awful. But the thing was is that the Marvel one was a lot shorter. This one's very thick. And I wouldn't say quality quantity over quality in this case. There's seven stories in it. It's and, a lot uh, of stories. So real quickly, I just hit on the first one is um, John Byrne pencils. Terrible. Yeah. Um, sad. Here's the thing. I used to love John Byrne, but I think what happens here is his work does not lend itself to the real the modern style coloring. 3D and coloring and inking. and inking. It yeah. doesn't fit. It looks yep. strange. So sorry, John Byrne. You should retire. <laughs> I thought he had. Yeah, I know. Um, it's like you couldn't you couldn't color the old comics like they do now. Yeah. The arch, the it's sad. Arch. It's really it sad because I did love his work too. I was slipping through some old X Men's and I was like, oh, John Byrne was good. But that picture of him flying, where he's smiling as he's flying away. Yes, yeah. is not good. Well, his art exists in a certain time. There's a there's a Batwoman story by Rucka, which, which was good. That was all right. You didn't um, read it. I read it. No, I definitely read it. Um, <laughs> I don't like the Batwoman costume. I don't like the fa- the mask. The mask is dumb. Yeah. Anyway. Um, and so then. But it was the, about retrieving not the pl- Nazi plunder. <laughs> True. There was Nazis. Let me ask you a question. The last story is a Superman Batman tale that takes place sort of like 50s Superman. You know, su- the TV Superman. He winks. At, he winks at the reader. That's not the question. The question is, if I were to say a name to you, uh, you tell me who you're picturing. The name I say to you is Tyrone Jenkins the Third. Are you picturing a little redheaded boy with freckles? No, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving, moving on. Along. <laughs> DC holiday issue. It was okay. Tyrone Jenkins the Third. <laughs> looks like he looks like Opie. Awkward. <laughs> Quick, Josh, talk about something else. X Factor was really good this week. It was pick of the X week Factor the last awesome. time, uh, and this one was probably even better. There was just a lot of really fun, good scenes in this. I know everybody says it's a noir book, but it, to me, it plays a little bit like a sort of funny one-hour comedy drama show. Yes. Yeah, it's it's definitely totally. a wi- it's definitely a witty humorous drama. Yeah, definitely. there were some really yeah. funny scenes. Where, the bar scene was fantastic. Yeah, the yes. bar scene was great with uh, Richter and, and Jamie talking, and, and Richter's trying to get information out of him about sleeping with the girls, which was fun. Which is a little risque, yep. I thought. Yes, very. And, th- and actually, I'm just looking at him now. Um, the, the 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 Layla Miller yelling at the two girls when they're not talking to each other. How great that art was! How he just kept the same yeah. angle, you know, for two pages. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, it was just it was it was really good. I mean, Pablo's <laughs> art is really really good. Also, the 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 uh, the scene where where Monet is is banging Jamie up against the wall over and over again, and the room is filling up with his dupes. Yeah, that's the dupe that slept with her. Yeah, she's like, "Are you him?" And it's like the really, the really whiny, sorry one. I'm so sorry. (laughs) It's just a great. It was just a really good issue. It's a little bit like Multiplicity, Mm -hmm. but not. Which I love that movie, by the way. Yes, Michael Keaton movie, genius. So. (laughs) <laughs> but yeah, no. But the, that bar scene was was the high point. Probably it was the yeah. the straight out, you know, like you know, humor. And then, there were a couple of spit takes. Yeah, and... they're setting up. This for... is the other sleeper book of the year. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. Like who, who thought? Good. I'm just saying, who thought we'd get to the end of the year and, and think that I remember the two best books would be X Factor and the Escape. I remember doing the show where Ron picked X Factor one, and I was like, oh, I just don't care. Right. And I and and I, I bought. Him. I never got X Factor one, but I bought it from two. And I've been yeah. enjoying it ever since. Right, more and more each is your run is not complete. I see. <laughs> get the how can you live with yourself? I'm not like you sleep. guys at all. It doesn't bother me at all. I'm missing <laughs> Gotham Central issue. number two as well. Oh. 
Well, isn't isn't Robin filling in that that yeah. that um that need for a Gotham themed book? Uh, God, if it wasn't for Robin, there'd be there'd be no Gothamism going on. I know that we've been recommending Robin a lot lately because um, it's it's one of the really good ongoing DC books. This issue, the story wasn't as great. I didn't really know the. It's one of the magic characters who's the. Clarion the Witch Boy. Connor had to explain to me. The only reason I wanted to bring it up is because there's what I assume is a fill-in artist, uh, Fraser. Yeah, Irving. I think I think they brought him in because he's more. It fits more the mystical yeah. tone of the book. Fraser Irving, who did the uh, art and color, so he basically did the whole thing. Ace. The only the only problem I have is 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 when he draws Tim Drake out of costume. Oh, with the pleats. He puts him in some ridiculous clothing. <laughs> He isn't really. I mean, that's an ugly, that's an ugly sweater. <laughs> I mean, let's let's all be real. It's like some humongous <laughs> abstract argyle. And he's got the pleated pants. Yeah, you're right. Uh, that's awful. But besides that, uh, and look at the hair. He looks like a Nancy boy. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. I can't I can't argue with that. But besides that, it's a really beautiful book. Awesome. Let's do some business. Okay, this episode is brought to you by YouBuyNow.com, which is your place on the web for toys, action figures, collectibles, replicas, those kind of things that that we love to uh, stack on our shelves and around our computer monitors at work. And then people come up to them and play with them, which is always kind of awkward. But if you need some more because they broke the leg off your Thor, uh, you can go to YouBuyNow.com, which is Y O U. Buynow.com, so spell it out. LMI fanboy sent you. All right, so let's hear from our listeners. Um, we got an email from Steve who is asking for some mouse guard coverage. Um, and what that means is he's asking us to talk about an independent comic book called Mouse Guard. Which we have all um, heard of and we've all discussed in the past but couldn't get our hands is, on the issues. Which is, and it's actually apropos, again, that he sends this email in because just last week my comic book store um, somehow got all five issues. It's a six-issue limited miniseries, mm-hmm. um, in, independent book. This is this uh, is all the rage in the independent it, world. Speaking of sleeper books, this is definitely one of the sleeper mm-hmm. books. Definitely. And it, it's published by um, Arcadia Studios Press. And what ha- what's happened is is that the first issue you can't find a first printing of the first issue. Um, and I was meaning to pick it up in trades, but I go in my store and lo and behold, they've got issues one through five. Admittedly, issues one, two, and three were reprints. Um, I think issue one I've got like the, is the fourth printing, um, but it's all right. The fact man, that, let it go. No, yeah. Well, the thing is, if I was, cl- I mean, if it was a choice between you know a first printing or a fourth printing, I'd rather have a first printing. I mean, I still there's still a little bit of a collector in me. Yeah. But if it's if it's choice between not reading it at all and a fourth printing, I'll take the fourth printing. Yeah. It's, um, it's, it's coming out of a collection. Well, though, right? Yeah, it is coming out of trade. Oh, definitely. If definitely. you had the it's first not- printing, you would just slab that anyway and wouldn't read it. Totally, and put it on eBay. Yeah, but um. <laughs> But it's the the books aren't shaped like a normal comics. They're like shaped they're, kind of they're more like a children's picture book actually. Maybe you couldn't slab cool. it. Oh God! And, and basically, good point. And basically, um, it's it's the story of um, imagine if underneath our feet mice had an entire I don't have society. To that. I believe they do. Yeah, uh, they I believe do. that's truth. If you've been to New York, it's true. <laughs> but um, and what's happened is that there's almost like a and it's very kind of you know medieval. Um, almost fantasy-like swords, and there's no guns or anything like that. It's more mainly swords and arrows and that sort of thing. And there's a elite kind of police force, kind of like Jedi Knights in Star Wars, called the Mouse Guard. And this story is the tale of three mice from this guard um, who uncover a plot of a traitor within their group who is plotting to take over the, the major city and overthrow their queen. To steal the cheese. And honestly, there's no. no cheese at all in the book at all. I mean, you're having a cheese, fantasy you know. renaissance of last year. I am having fantasy. a fantasy renaissance. Yeah, it's, I know it's amazing. Um, well, I like good fantasy. So the thing is, is that every issue when I finished it, I wanted I I 
wanted to read the next one. Like, I'm dying for the sixth issue now. I want to see what happens. There's action, there's fighting, there's great, the writing is great, the art is fun. Um, it's just, it's very whimsical. It's a really good book. So um, we strongly recommend it. And I'll get the sixth well, issue. You do. Well, I do. And then, of course, but I want to share with you guys. I want you guys to read it because I want to hear what you think. Well, well I, I don't yeah. want to recommend it until I've read it. I'm, okay, I'm well, gonna... I recommend you read it. All right. I've good. heard really right. great things about it. I mean, keep my eye out for it. And I think I had most of the issues in my hand at one point, but I, the sixth one wasn't out, and I was like, eh, at this point. Yeah. We were at, we were somewhere. I remember at a comic store and they had everything but like number one. Yeah, we were all like, eh. yeah. yeah. It's like you don't want to um, you don't want to like not be able to read. You can't jump in a store like that. I think the there's even a date on the trade on the Mouse Guard website though. I don't remember it right off. Yeah, I think I, well, I know the last issue is coming. I think this month or January. So, so all right, cool. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about it when it when it when we finish it. Yeah, definitely. We're, yeah, imagine when it, when it's actually access, accessible. We'll probably you know definitely. But, <laughs> so our next email comes in from um, our buddy Gomer. Who um, wrote in a lot, doesn't he? Wrote in a quote um, that he read online from Heath Ledger, stating that Heath Ledger. Well, Heath Ledger's playing the Joker in the next Batman movie. And the quote is, "quote I actually hate comic book movies. Like fucking hate them. They just bore me shitless, and they're just dumb." And Gomer says, "Great, can't wait to see this one." To which I say, "Who the fuck cares?" Well, well, you earlier you had a very good uh, um, analogy. Yes, uh, you. Who doesn't love the Star Wars movies? I love I the love Star them. Wars movies. I do. I love who, them. Who doesn't love them is Harrison Ford and Al, the late Alec Guinness. Oh. Who, Alec Guinness hated the Star Wars movies. You know what's hated even better? Them. If you ever watch um, those documentaries about Star Wars when they actually interview Harrison Ford and watching him like try squirm. to... Squirm. Yeah, squirm. He's just bored and doesn't want to <laughs> talk about it. And he has that really like quiet, whispery voice. Yep. You know? Uh, I remember he reading... He wore it out rescuing people with his helicopter. <laughs> <laughs> Get off He's my plane! He's a real man. Uh, I remember reading an interview with Alec Guinness where he said in, he would sign autographs only if they promised to never watch Star Wars again. Oh. He hated them. But you know what? Who cares? Oh, sir, it Alec, make it's different. better than the bridge on the river fucking Kwai, okay? That, um... <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> That's the only other movie I know he was in. <laughs> yeah, he won, he won an Academy Award for that. I know he did. <laughs> um, but really, it doesn't it's make like it It's like a brilliant movie. <laughs> <laughs> I love it when you Every... explain irony. Every time the Oscars do like one of those montages, they always show the bridge blowing up in the montage. Yeah. <laughs> Have you seen it? It's an awesome movie. Yeah, no, it's great. It's brilliant. So. Didn't he play? But it doesn't an matter. It doesn't make a difference if the actors and, uh... hate the uh, source material or not. They don't need to have respect for comic books. They just right. have to, they just have to get... turn in a good performance. It's just That's the all. job. Trust me, I don't like my job either. Most of those guys are pricks anyway. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you like had to go through and figure <laughs> out like which actors you like, I mean. You know, they hate you. Oh yeah, I mean, like, yeah, like you uh, would. I, I'm almost positive you wouldn't want to spend like a day with Christian Bale. Like this guy's <laughs> fucked up, <laughs> asshole. Yeah, <laughs> he's talking in an American accent for no reason. I mean, I don't know what that's like. Do you, Josh? That's I know, but I don't do it constantly. <laughs> This next one, Ron, you have to read it okay, um, verbatim. Okay, this next and email. at which point I'm going to step away from the computer. Okay, this next email comes from Rick. And bear with me as I read this entire email. Th- now I'm speaking as if I was Rick. Because he doesn't want to take any ownership of these words. <laughs> I'm pretty new to comics as of late. Again, Rick is new to comics, not me. <laughs> he's, just, he's just getting into it a couple of weeks ago. And he recently bought... No, Grant- I... And I recently bought Grant Morrison's Authority Number 1. I was sorely disappointed in this comic because nothing really happens. Oh, and Gene Ha's art. 
I don't know what the big fuss is all about because it looked like utter crap in my opinion. Well, after trying to think if I should keep it up, my brother got Midnighter number one and two, and it was pretty sweet. Lots of action and tons of violence rocks. So when we decided to, to kind of give the Authority a chance by getting some trades on them, OMG, what the heck? I have to just come out and say this, but WTF, Midnighter and Apollo are gay, all in caps. But Midnighter kicks some dude's head off in the comic. How is that possible to be utterly badass and yet share custody of a girl with another man? Dang. I'm so disappointed in how knowing this past information just ruins these comics for us. Now, don't get me wrong. I have nothing against gay people, but I don't know how you can be able to kick someone's head off and then proceed to make out with a guy with golden flowing locks of hair. It's just wrong. Now, I don't know how you feel about gays in comics, but I think it only works for certain characters. For example, Renee Montoya. <laughs> anyway, I just wanted to know what your thoughts are on this, and if you think a character's sexuality has destroyed their quote-unquote career. P.S. Who are your guys' favorite artists in the comic industry <laughs> right now? I really like the guy who's doing Ultimate Power. <laughs> okay, now... Uh, okay. Uh, Josh. Yeah. I'm going to duck. I'm going to make an allowance in the fact that he may be being sarcastic. And just, I was just going to say, as I'm reading it, I'm like, I think he's fucking with us. But I don't, I don't know. I don't think so. But then okay, I will right. also say, I'm putting it out there that I think he's fucking with us. You say because if he just got into comics a couple of weeks ago, how does he? Renee Montoya is really specific. Good point. Anyway, good point. Oh, you're wow. right. Yeah, because Renee Montoya in the past couple of weeks hasn't really, they haven't really played up the lesbian angle. Yeah, that's a good point. But when I first read it, well, I mean, I don't know. He's he's kind of taking the wind out of his. his I know. Right, I'm sorry. I just he's baiting us because, because yeah, that's what I, think. I really like yeah. the ultimate power guy. Yeah, yeah. You Which see? he knows. I we've think... been talking about Greg Land lately because he's a copier and a tracer. But, but just in case you, you're your out point should still be made. Yeah, in if case he's serious. If you're out there and you're yeah. thinking that the the, the, the gays right? don't belong as superheroes, you need to understand that. What the what the authority was was it was a deconstruction. It was a dramatic sort of irony, basically, in that what they did was they took the uh, prototypes of, of superheroes, which was Superman and Batman, and they made them a couple because you have to turn that concept on their on your ear to be able to explore it and see what else there is in it, which is where Midnight and Apollo came. Midnighter and Apollo came from. And you know, if you don't think that a dude can kick somebody's ass because he's gay, you should go to a gym in a gay neighborhood, and you'll see the biggest, most buff dudes you, you've ever seen in your life. Or an S and M bar in San Francisco. How do you know? I don't want to talk about. Okay. It. <laughs> I really think we got we got screwed with here. I think I think so too. The I mean, more I read it, the more yeah. the more I feel like that's the case. Yeah, I think so too. But I, but, but regardless, if some, if the, if Rick is real and he really believes this, then I feel very sad for him. And the I fanboy um, policy is one of equality. Exactly. And any and, any sort of horrible things you hear are solely for the purpose of humor and right. sarcasm. <laughs> so um, gays are good. We like them. And they can um, be superheroes just like anybody else. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. You took the wind well, out of my sails with that. I'm sorry, but I felt no, as if it was... No, it's probably better, because otherwise he'd be yeah. home like, dude, you totally didn't get it. Would a smiley face hurt, though? Maybe an emoticon? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Nah. But, but then at the same time, he could be, I mean, he could be 15 in, in, in the Midwest and seriously believe that. I don't know. I mean, it just seemed... I just The Renee Montoya thing didn't, didn't sit right with me. Mm. You know? Yes. Yeah. Yes. And if he had said North Star, then he definitely would have given it away. Those original, those original uh, authority comics are really good. They're really good. They're, if you haven't read those... Brian Hitch, Ooh. Brian Hitch, beautiful Brian. And at the beginning, he also said Gene Hazard, which I mean, yeah. Gene Hazard is like like manna unto the heaven. Nice, thank you. 
All right, cool. So if you have an email and you want to share about your intolerance, you can email us at contact.fanboy.com. If you hate air wraps. Now let's get on to the voicemail. And our first one, I don't know what to say. Bonjour, les fanboys. J'espère que tout va bien. J'appelle pour vous souhaiter un bon Noël et une bonne nouvelle année. J'étais curieux, bien vite. Les courriers par, je crois que c'est... Brian Wood, j'étais curieux si un de vous l'avait écouté, l'avait lu et si vous l'avez aimé. J'espère que vous avez vu le message en français. Ça, ça fait un appel à Daredevil en France. Et puis, euh, bon, ben, bonne semaine, les gars. Et puis, j'espère vous entendre de vous. All right, at the beginning, he said... No, don't even pretend no, like no, you he did. I anything. He said, he said, I hope you have a good Christmas and a, and a good New Year. I fanboy. Yes, and and yeah. I didn't catch a name. I listened for it several times. Yeah. I honestly, it's I I heard noise. He said blah, 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 Brian Wood. Yeah, I heard, that would be cracking me up too. He said Daredevil in there. Um, if anybody out there can translate, we appreciate. Yes. Send an email to contact@ifanboy.com. We'd like French. to know what the hell this guy just said. What his name was? What did he say? And we apologize if that was offensive. We don't know. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, let's our let's next, go to one we can t- we can understand. Yeah, exactly. Our next voicemail takes the you know kind of takes the fun out of Christmas. Hey guys, this is Andrew from Alabama. Um, I've got a little problem. Uh, for Christmas, my family's going to get me a statue or something like that. You know, one of the high end items, and I don't know what to get. Uh, we're talking like you know 150 to 200 dollar range. Um, you know, I've looked at some of the uh, like Alex Ross Superman, you know, that kind of thing. Anybody has any suggestions? They would be much appreciated. Thank you. See, I don't, I don't, I don't want to tell my family what I want for Christmas. I want to be surprised. Oh, you just—that this is Ron's opinion here. But listen, if you're a, if you're like a nerd, how are you going to tell them to go into a comic store to get oh, you we're something? We're so easy. We're so easy to shop for. <laughs> gee, hey, gee, mom, you thanks for the Sin Tank Boom statue. Did, did you just spit out your drink? A little bit. <laughs> easy to shop for. I don't know what to get you guys. <laughs> Um, okay, so he's got a you know, $150, you know, budget here and wants some statues. Uh, recently. That, Hawk, that, that Hawkeye one looks good. It does. It does look really good. Yeah. Uh, the the You know what? I'm sorry. Before we go into this, we need to preface this. Uh, none of us own statues? No, I do. Oh. I own um, several mini busts. Those don't. Those don't. You don't have like one of the uh, two hundred dollars. No, I don't. Ha- I don't have anyone that's worth more than fifty dollars. Okay. Yes, but if you if you line up enough mini busts in a row, yeah, yeah but that I only have the same. It's the same visceral I, effect as one big statue. I have three mini busts. I have a Cyclops, circa all uh, giant size X Men. I have a classic Magneto. And I have a, a, a bitchin' Nova mini bust with the gold helmet. So it is pretty bitchin'. Yeah, it but is, that's yeah, not really true. the commitment that we're talking about. Do have you seen my Nova bust? I have seen your Nova bust. You see that helmet? Yeah, you know what? If you had that's a big two hundred dollar, twelve inch tall Nova, then I would be like, "That's a guy who loves Nova." Hello, Dude, don't I'm, tell him what I got him for Christmas. <laughs> Dude, I'm in it to win it. I almost bought a uh, Samaritan from Astro City, hundred fifty dollar, like a big one. I was gonna put on my mantle, but that got next. For you. you have a you have a little uh, Dark Knight Returns statue. I do have a little Dark Knight mini statue, and I have a Harley Quinn statue because she's hot. I have spent years looking at like st- cases full of statues, just thinking like, if I was gonna get one, what would I get? But yes, totally. I do that every Wednesday. Yeah, well, the statue case is right by the register. Exactly. Is I can never quite get myself over the hump hump of being the guy with the statues. Right. Yeah. Because you know, like it's kind of a cool idea, but at the same time, I kind of don't want anyone to see it. 
It's a tough one. It's a tough one because the thing is, is that like you don't want to go overboard. Like I've got a couple of mini busts and a couple of smaller ones all in my computer kind of themed room with the action figures. Not they haven't filtered into the rest of the house. You see, I don't, I don't want to be that guy. I also worry that the statue is like it's like a tattoo where you start you get one, and then it's like, well, yeah, you get another one, and then exactly. But somebody that got eight said, tattoos. I've looked for ones that I wanted to get. Right. Uh, and if I could ever, if I could get one, the only one that I've so far been able to decide is totally worthy, which you can't get anymore because it's you know like completely rare. Was there was a there was a big statue um, of uh, original Dark Knight Returns. That's cool. That was one, a great yeah. Ooh, there's a there's a good invincible one. Though. Really good invincible yeah, they're, they're, one that just came yeah. out. Can I also, if you've got that kind of budget, and you're like, why don't you tell them to get some? Uh, either you get a, a stack of like a, like two or three really nice um, absolute volumes, the hardcovers, absolute new frontier, or or you can get just loads of trade paperbacks and be yeah. reading for months. All right, and our last voicemail um, actually <laughs> wants to talk about this week's books. Hey, fanboys, this is Marshall in L.A. First, I want to give a shout out to my uh, store, Secret Headquarters, uh, here in the heart of Silver Lake. Just wanted to ask you guys a quick question. I saw the Spirit Number One in the store today, and I had no idea this book was even coming out because I barely pay any attention to DC, like the good Marvel zombie that I am. I was wondering if anybody had uh, picked it up or taken a look at it. Catch you guys later. Bye. So, did anybody, after the greatness of Batman Spirit crossover, did anybody pick up the Spirit Number One? I see. I did too. Wow, look at that. <laughs> um, I loved it. I thought it was great. I thought it was not as good as Batman Spirit, but it was very much enjoyable. Well, that's because they didn't have Batman. That's true. But, it, I, you know, the art is, is, is self-explanatory. It's Darwin Cook, and it's, it's, it's great. Yeah. And the, um, I, liked, I, I, mean, I don't have any experience with the Spirit. Does it, do you, have you guys read any Spirit before this besides the uh, Batman mm-hmm. issue? I haven't. Years ago, I read um, some collections that were in the library I worked at. It, it, it just if you don't know, uh, Spirit uh, was the the creation of, of Will Eisner, who is um, sort of a comic god. A, yes, a grandfather of comics, if you will, uh, a master of storytelling and sort of graphic the, the way he's of putting. A, uh, he just wears a suit together. and a domino mask mm-hmm. and yeah. a fedora. And he's a very kind of you know I don't want to say Batman-y, but he's kind of you know like regular guy fighting crime kind of thing. I, I really um, enjoyed his a lot sort of mystery. Of, his, I, I really enjoyed the personality that he has, and again, I yes, don't know. Yes, that was fun. From, that was a lot of fun. But he's a little reluctant, and he's like, uh, he's a, just a little awkward, and doesn't really want to talk. You know, he's a world weary. Like yeah, hey. he doesn't talk a lot at all, actually. And I don't, really don't know why he's doing this, or what his deal is, or anything about him. Right. But that doesn't really bother but, me. It's the same thing you mentioned with the Justice League. It's like the the, the discovery aspect. Like I don't know who the the chick is and the commissioner and how he knows them and what that's all about, but I'm going to enjoy finding out. Um, it was a fun romp. However, I, I will say the other side of this, I'm not really a big fan of sort of flashbacky, nostalgic kinds of things. It's just not really modern. Now, there's nothing wrong with that. I love the first two pages, by the way, the spe- the, the title page. Yes, yeah, so that was love awesome. That. Yeah. I love that. So cool. I thought it was an ad for a movie. It's, yeah, it looks like Catch Me If You Can, like that. Yeah. Like, you know, it's like, I love the design thing. Well, I, and, um, I'm going to buy the And the inker, J-Bone. <laughs> awesome. I'll, I'll also, buy anything. Who will also be appearing in all Amateur Anal 5. I will. <laughs> nice. I will uh, buy anything that J Bone works on. Because J Bone is <laughs> the man. So. Um, no, but this is this was definitely it was definitely a, a, a nice little retro romp, and I'm I'm, I'm on board. I'm going to be buying the book ongoing. So. <laughs> so tune in in four years when issue 432 comes out and see if I'm still on board. So nobody yell at us anymore. Yeah, please turn it down, Marshall. Okay, so um, the bane of Connor's existence on a daily basis is a Ugh. website 
unto this earth known as Frapper.com. Oh, I thought it was girls with father issues. <laughs> no, those are those are not babes. Those are fun. Um, That's easy pickings. Ugh, I didn't say that. Uh, <laughs> Frapper.com is clearly going through some issues right now. Um, they just don't like the tally, the pins. Well, you you see, if you go to their website, they've got a big sign saying they're redesigning. So clearly they're doing things behind the scenes, but not keeping track of what's actually going on because... We see the new pins coming in. We just don't see the tally changing. Todd, so you know what I hate? You. I hate websites that you like to go to and depend on, and then they don't work right. All right, all right. We'll get to that in a second. <laughs> um, but we did get a pin from the best pin ever, which was from the March of the Penguins in Antarctica. And I actually thought it was like a spam pin. But then, like, in their comment, they said that they love the show and they love Connor. So Penguins do love me. So, and they probably they probably don't like the gays, though. Oh, God. Okay, so um, so if you um, are a penguin, um, you can go to frapper.com slash ifanboy and stick your pin and, and join the legion of ifanboy fans and represent you. So, yes, but for, not for long. It won't be pins for long. It'll be dots. Yeah. They're changing their uh, graphics. I, so, I um, bet we keep saying oh, pin. Probably. Probably, whatever. So, um, so before we wrap this sucker up, we have some uh, housekeeping to go through. Um, as Josh kind of alluded to in a sarcastic manner, um, for those of you who have... Um, that's who that's what I call family- telling jokes. He calls it alluding in a sarcastic manner. <laughs> for, those of you, for those of you who patronize um, ifanboy.com, which is the website home of this podcast... where You are our favorites. ...where you can um, read Connor's review of... Um, the comic book we talked about. Which Escapist number six. Escapist number six. <laughs> and... Um, and as well as other great comic book discussion throughout the week. Um, but if you were there this week, you might have noticed we had some issues. Um, we were down a lot. At one point, we were down uh, like several five, points. We were five or six hours. hours. Yeah, well, I yeah. noticed. What's up with that? Yeah, well, what happens is, is that... Um, th- now, this is, this is a bit of growing pains that all good websites go through. And ba- basically, a mommy website and a daddy website. Love you. Ba- basically, um, we've kind of outgrown our home, and it's time to move. So actually, um, by the time you're listening to this, hopefully if you go to ifanboy.com and I did my job correctly, um, we will be on our brand spanking new dedicated server, and um, we will be able to stay up, and we will be faster, and other than that, you really shouldn't notice any other differences other than the fact that it's stable. So we apologize, and please stick with us. but, uh, well, I think if you're a regular user, you will appreciate the new speed because yes, we, we have been testing out the new server and it's no, much noticeably faster. Yes. And on a related note and an ironic note, um, we're also earlier this week we posted um, for some feedback from our iFanboy faithful um, because we are actually neck deep in the process of uh, uh, redoing the site basically and we're getting ready to roll out iFanboy 3.0 in early 2007. And um, we wanted to ask some of our regular users what they like about ifanboy.com or what they don't like or what functionality was missing or what they would like to do or that sort of thing. And we got some great feedback from, from the regulars. But if you're a lurker or if you, you know, like there's something on the site that it, you didn't like the way it worked and that's why you don't really participate or whatever, please let us know. And you can email us at contact.ifanboy.com um, and just do the subject line, ifanboy3.0. And uh, we'd love to hear your guys' feedback because ultimately we don't want to make a site that you don't want to use. We want to make a site that you want to use and love. So We're not going to fire Josh. So you can stop sending that email. Yeah, right? please, enough. You what know. the fuck did I do? <laughs> <laughs> but Gordon, Gordon's on the chopping block. So. Yeah. Um, but anyway, and also a quick, uh, a quick thank you to anybody who has donated to us um, via ifanboy.com slash donations. Um, just so you know, all the generous donations we received over the past year, that money has helped in uh, getting the new server and also helped with the new version of the site. So um, we promise, Not just for beer and whores. Exactly. We promised um, fun, new, exciting things, and you will have it come 2007. Trust us. So, 
Um, In other news, earlier this week, you may or may not know that um, Ron did a special iFanboy podcast with Augie Dablik from the Pipeline podcast. He did a little interview about the whole wizard fiasco, which you may or may not know. A few weeks ago, Augie posted a column on his website, on on Comic Book Resources, his regular column about wizard and how he would fix it, which caused a bit of... Were he in charge? Were he the editor-in-chief? Which... Which went unnoticed until Ron decided to stir the pot and um, nominate Augie for new editor in chief and go all, all over the internet posting it <laughs> and creating. And I made a nifty ba- banner too. Creating banners and inciting a near riot on the WizardWorld.com uh, yeah. boards. Those guys got mad. So, they did more action than they've seen in months. <laughs> so, <laughs> You're flinging so, mud. Yeah, exactly. So, but so Ron and Augie sat down, did a, about a thirty-minute talk about Wizard and how they'd fix it and what was wrong with it. And you can look on the feeds. It's back. A f- uh, should be back two episodes. You can check it out. It's a lot of very informative. Yeah, and you can also it, find it on. It iFanboy. wasn't me either. He was really talking to Augie. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I, I couldn't keep it up that long. And finally, Josh, what do we have in store for the end of the year? Well, uh, if you uh, if you're into this kind of thing, uh, last year we did a show at the end of the year. It was basically our year end wrap up where we talked about all the things that we liked. Uh, in the year, uh, as far as movies and 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 sort of a year and wrap up on comics, but movies and TV, and I think we talked about video games, which none of us played this year, um, so we're not doing that again. Um, but it's basically it's just going to be kind of like this show, but we're going to talk about some of the other things we like, and uh, maybe you know it'll give you a better idea of the kind of stuff that we dig or something else to see, or just you know we'll say something stupid and you'll enjoy it. Nice, it'll be fun. It'll be a fun time. So look so for look that, for that towards week. yeah tor- uh, towards the end of the year. Yeah. <laughs> Which, yeah, or... Next week's a little soon. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so towards, I love your high pitched guy who tells me when I've done things wrong. <laughs> Don't listen to him. It's, it's, right, like so... my little, it's like Jim Lee's following me around and being my conscience. <laughs> I was going to say Jiminy Cricket, but you went totally a different way. So... <laughs> he really did, but he didn't at the same time. I know, it's almost the same. Jim, Jim Lee on your shoulder. Oh my god, if there's a version of Pinocchio, Jim Lee should play Jim, Jim Lee Cricket. Oh, wow. With the little top hat and the umbrella? Yeah. Yep. Okay, the so monocle. No, he just wears a little San Diego hat. Monocle! <laughs> and the San Diego Padres yeah. hat? Genius. The thing is, uh, they never finished shooting the movie. And, and he's too busy to help Pinocchio because he's playing an MMO. <laughs> All right, anyway, so... um. So, yeah, so a lot of stuff's going on, on uh, at iFanboy headquarters, so be sure to head to iFanboy.com to check it all out. And also we are tired. Yeah, we're, we work very hard for you. So, um, so like we said, if you have any questions or comments or feedback or anything, you can email us at contact at iFanboy.com or you can leave a voicemail at one eight 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 fanboys That's one eight 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 three two six two six nine seven. And this is the part of the show where we lament the fact that you should go to MySpace.com slash iFanboy, but this week we'll give it a rest because MySpace did bring us the escapists. Yes, which is so. Next week, back to snarky MySpace jokes. And also, if you're cool and trendy and into comics, you can check out Comic Space. Is it Comic Space or Comic Spaces? Comic Space. Comic Space. slash iFanboy. That's our new presence on the MySpace for Comics, folks. So get on, get on the bus. Ooh. Get on the bus. <laughs> get on the bus. <laughs> With Tyro. If you like us, <laughs> I'm telling you, he looks like Opie. Uh, you can go to podcastalley.com. You can write. A, you can vote for us there. You can write a review on iTunes. You can tell your friends. Tell a comic store. Uh, yeah, yeah. Spread the word. Hey, what about in the part when I get to say, "Give us money, please"? If uh, <laughs> if you feel like you're in the holiday spirit and you need a last minute tax deduction, I don't know if we're actually deductible. Probably not. Don't say that. <laughs> no. Please stop talking about taxes. 
Uh, you can go to ifanboy.com slash donations, and, and if you could give us a little, then we would really appreciate it because we've got a lot of things going on. This new server ain't free. Um, also, if you if you want to do it, uh, if you want to donate or help us out uh, a little little indirectly, you anything you buy that sounds surreptitious, but it's not. You can go uh, if you're going to Amazon to buy anything. If you click through to Amazon through ifanboy.com, assuming it's up and running, uh, that will help us out because anything. Hey, it will be. Oh, it will be. Please. Ron's working very hard. <laughs> but I haven't if, if slept you, in days. If you go to Amazon through ifanboy, then basically we get a little cut of the sale, uh, and that goes into making ifanboy better. And there's still time to do your holiday shopping. Yeah, so. yeah, definitely. Awesome. So, so, so thank you for um, anybody you guys who's done want. that. We really so, appreciate it. Yeah, we really, really do. And like we said, those donations have kept us going and through this rough time with the server stuff, so we thank you. And uh, we really thank you for listening to the show and for checking out the site and for giving us a great year. Um, really enjoyed doing the show this week and look forward to doing it again next week. So until then, I'm Ron. I am Connor. And I'm Jim Lee! <laughs> We'll defuse bombs, walk marathons, and take on whatever together.